the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Build the stadium or forget it. We've talked about it here. We've had uh, conversations with a person with experience in building stadiums who says it can be done. And now it's time to pit or get off the pot, if you know what I mean. Pitt lost to Western Michigan on Saturday in front of a crowd that uh, probably could have come to the game all in one bus. Embarrassing and depressing. Uh, A few hours later, up there in State College, Penn State played Auburn, and it was a whiteout with something like 108,000 people there uh, against Auburn, and they won the game. How would you like to be recruiting against Penn State if you were Pat Narduzzi and trying to get a, a recruit interested in coming to Pitt after he saw what happened up there at State College compared to Heinz Field. Uh, Pitt plays New Hampshire this week, and that was supposed to be a guaranteed win game like uh, Western Michigan. And the quote-unquote crowd uh, might even be smaller this week. should be, anyway. The loss to Western Michigan is bad enough because Pitt is just not supposed to lose to teams like Western Michigan. They are guaranteed wins, and you're supposed to, you know, win those games. But this goes beyond football. It's an embarrassment to the university. And the athletic director, Heather Like who I was told uh, recently by a pretty reliable source has actually been looking into the feasibility of building a stadium on campus, needs to either get it done or get out. Playing at Heinz Field is not going to work for Pitt ever. They need a thirty-five to 40,000-seat stadium on campus. They need to create some kind of an urgency for tickets when they're not playing an opponent that's a major draw. And if they get West Virginia on the schedule, they can play at Heinz Field and they will fill the place. Same with Penn State. Heinz Field with, uh, you know, with 30,000 people in it is depressing. Forget about it. 15,000, which is probably how many were there Saturday. A 40,000-seat stadium with 35,000 fans would actually create some atmosphere, you know, like it's supposed to be for a college football game. The University of Cincinnati has passed Pitt and become a top-10 team. It's amazing. They won at Indiana on Saturday. They play at Notre Dame this week. They play in a 32,000-seat stadium on campus. Everybody at Pitt needs to wake up and move the games back to campus immediately, as quickly as they can, start working on it, or forget it and join the President's Athletic Conference and play Carnegie Mellon and W&J. Most of the local media ridicule any mention of building a stadium on campus. They should be ignored. So that's it, and that's enough sports for now. But when we come back, it's Election Day in Canada. And when we do come back, we're going to get an explanation from a real live Canadian about how it works and what the chances are of getting rid of Justin Trudeau. Stick around. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey, and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra-soft, breathable, but extremely durable. 
durable, and Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper and so much more. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. It's election day in Canada. Not because the third Monday, or I think it's the third Monday in September, Every four years uh, is election day. It's because the the idiot prime minister, Justin Trudeau, decided he wanted to have an election. At least I think uh, that's why we're having one, or they are having one. Joe Warmington is a columnist for the Toronto Sun. He's been here uh, many times. Maybe he can explain it to people who think half of the people in Canada, people here think half the people in Canada live in igloos, which is uh, most Americans. So, uh, Joe, uh, thanks for being on, and see if we can clear this up. I always appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to clear it up. We don't know if we're going to have a result tonight or, or what. I mean, there's all kinds of shenanigans going on. It feels almost like Venezuela here. But, uh, oh, boy. Yeah, you can't go across the, the border, uh, so I can't come and visit. I don't think you can come and visit. I don't know what the rules are, but I guess you can fly as long as you do some tests well, here or there. Or, I but, can, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I, a gulag up here. I can drive in now because I did get vaccinated only for that purpose because they wouldn't let me in unless I do. So I'm hoping to get back up there. I'll visit you, maybe. Um, but th- th- this is a uh, – got a quick story to tell you. Uh, uh, a lady I know who was actually on this show, um, This I, I have a lot of interesting stories about people uh, in, from America trying to get into Canada. But this is, this is a woman whose daughter is uh, going to school in Oklahoma. She's a Canadian. She lives in Ontario. And her daughter had to pay forty-seven dollars to get the. They had to get, spend forty-seven dollars to get the the ballot mailed to her. She had to uh, spend sixty dollars to get it sent back in time uh, to her mother, who was going, who dropped, took it down to the election place today to drop it off. And she was told that, um, sorry, uh, this vote's not going to count. It's got to, this has to be sent to Ottawa. Well, today's election day. So she had a big she had a big fight with them, and she ended up getting them to 
show her that they were going to send it by courier to Ottawa to get her vote counted. So I thought of that. I wasn't going to mention that until you said that there are shenanigans going on up there. That sounds like it might be a shenanigan. So what are the shenanigans? Yeah, well, I've never heard of, uh, like, until the last American federal election, you know, your yeah. big election there yeah. where it went into the next day and they put a lid on the, the you know, the vote counting and all that stuff. Well, they're sort of foreshadowing that here where they're saying, well, you know, we may not have a result tonight. I've never in my whole time, I've been a reporter for 37 years. I've covered a lot of elections. I've never heard of that. We always know, you know, in that evening, unlike in the U.S. in recent times where you don't know. So they're already getting ready for that. We've got a thing called mail-in ballots, which I know you know all too well down there. Oh, so, yeah. You know, uh, we're expecting it. But, you know, look at um, Prime Minister Trudeau. He called the election in the middle of a pandemic when he said he wouldn't. Nobody's in the mood for it. Uh, he did it. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see because nobody knows. I mean, this is one of those things where nobody knows how this is going to go. And every scenario you think of uh, could happen. It makes some sense. You can make an argument for it. So it's going to be very, very fascinating. Now, this is uh, what's referred to as a snap election. What's that and how often does this happen? Well, he has a minority parliament, uh, so that was part of the issue. What, explain what that means. I know what it well, means. But you know, it is, we have the British parliamentary system, so yeah. you, there's 340-some-odd seats in the House, and so a majority is at least half of that. He didn't have that. There's a bunch of parties. There's Socialist Party, and there's a Conservative Party, and there's a Green Party, and there's this kind of thing. So... They split up the seats across. It's a big country, and there's lots of different regions and different yeah. ways of looking at things. So, so it's uh, you know this is a, so he's had a minority. He had a majority originally, and then he didn't get his uh, majority the second time. So that means that the parliament is put together. You know they they have to work together, and he can call on like he wanted to get a, he wants a majority so bad, and he still could get it here. It's hard to imagine when you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but another blackface photo yeah, out, yeah. Uh, overnight and now that's about the fifth or sixth one i i don't know usually at one uh, you know it, it, somebody might say something and in our case our prime minister is, has a fetish about blackface and it seems to be okay with people in fact the toronto sun where i've been a columnist for 30 years is the only paper that i saw in canada that ran it uh, you see it in the british papers and some american papers they they cover news but in canada it's you know this guy's like a prince and uh his father was prime minister, and he was born on Christmas Day. It's almost Kim Jong Il kind of wow. thing, where there's a cult going on. And the on media here. love him, right? M- most of the media. Oh yeah, they love him. He's uh, you know he's he's Camelot, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing you, you you know. But look at the guy's a terrible prime minister. Uh, he he really all through this campaign. I mean, he's basically said, you know, you, you don't want if you're not vaccinated, you can't get on a train, you can't get on a plane. Trying to find those clips, though, they, they seem to be scrubbed, but. You know, he's he's really, really vitriolic towards Canadians, and a lot of people are pretty nervous. Now, on the good side, uh, you know, our economy is going really well. Oh, wait a minute. Um, mm, no, it isn't. In oh, fact, okay. the, the debt is piling kind of like up ours and, down here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, again, like, I think Americans are hard to know that both Clinton and President Obama both, in, you know, endorsed uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. So there you go. He's got that going for him. Yeah, so um, so you guys, this is a national election, but people, when they voted today or when they vote later today, they're not actually voting for, there is no popular vote for no. prime minister. So they're not actually, nobody's voting for Trudeau or O'Toole or no. anybody else. Who are they voting for? They vote in their own ridings, and then they... That's like a political district, the, yeah. And the, part, the parties select the leader. The leader, Aaron O'Toole, is a conservative leader, and he's a former... Air Force uh, guy and very well liked, but uh, again, he's supposed to be conservative, and he just came across and basically said, "I'm the same as Mr. Trudeau, only I don't have blackface pictures and all the other things." <laughs> yeah. So vote for me. And so a lot of conservatives are looking over at this Maxime Bernier, is an interesting character mm-hmm. who was in the Harper government before, and he went through the leadership. He didn't get it, so he created his own party, and it's the PPC, and you know it's, it's referred to in the media when it's mentioned as far right. But I think it's more of a misfit, you know, where people that don't fit in anywhere else end up. And it's had huge, huge, uh, I say huge Canadian standards. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's had two and three and four thousand people out to his thing. So everybody's waiting to see 
if that is going to translate into some sort of you know action for him and maybe get a seat or or perhaps split the vote and allow Trudeau to move up the middle and win again, and maybe even a majority government, uh, or whether it's just you know that one percent or wherever two percent wherever it was last time and. And uh, you know what? The one thing about the PPC, People's Party of Canada, is that it doesn't get covered. You know, the media don't cover it. You won't see it in any of the media. Yeah, and there weren't a lot of debate, I understand. Not a lot of debate. You're, you know, nobody covers it. It's like it didn't exist. In fact, there's rallies with, you know, he's been at rallies with forty and 50,000 people, these sort of freedom rallies and things like that. They don't get covered. Wow. It's almost like Snuffleupagus out of uh, you know Sesame Street. People say, "Well, what, why are those people on Young Street?" You know, it's, it's, you can't get to Young Street. It looks like the Raptors won again. No, no, no. It's uh, you know it's Maxime Bernier's crowd, but but you can't read about it because nobody covers it. I just don't get it. That's ter- that's pretty that's pretty scary actually. So um, why did Trudeau think he would benefit from an election? Now I want to make sure everybody understands because it took me a while to figure understand. What a majority um, parliament means. It doesn't mean it. Just it, it means that you have you could you could have more. Do what you want? Yeah, you have yeah. to have fifty-one percent to be a majority. And so yeah, it means you have the seats. You can't be defeated because the, everything is a vote. So yeah. you can be defeated on money votes or on on you know national big big time votes. We had a famous case here with his Trudeau's father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Yeah, where he lost to a guy named Joe Clark, and that was during the Iran. I remember you know, the Joe heroes, Clark. Uh, all, yeah, Joe Clark was prime minister for nine months, and I forget exactly what happened. I remember I was a kid, but there was something where somebody was supposed to be there. They had a big vote. They didn't get there in time. They lost the vote. It's called a, a vote of confidence or non-confidence, and they lost it. And they went back to an election, and then we got you know Mr. Trudeau back again, and he ended up being prime minister for sixteen years. The younger Trudeau, who's only forty-nine, he'll be uh, fifty on Christmas Day. He wants to do one day more, one day longer than his father. And uh, and he's, he's at six years now. And the reason to your question, why did he call the election now? Because a year from now, Canadians are going to be in a miserable mood. I'll tell you why. The inflation is already here and it's happening in the U.S. as well. People are tired of not being able to travel. And then they've got this thing called vaccine passports and a booster shot, which everyone can count, is a third shot. And mm-hmm. God knows how many more. And so, you know, people could pretend that they love getting booster shots, but, you know, when they get in around the third and fourth shot, they can't afford to pay their mortgage, their grocery bills three times bigger than it was. Their kids are still in masks and they're sick. They want to vaccinate kids under 12 now. Yep. That came out today. People may not be in a very good mood a year from now, and he knows that. So he's trying to get out ahead of it, and he's trying to sort of sneak this majority thing through. The PPC, he figured, would be strong. Aaron O'Toole would be weak. He's also taken a lot of abuse out there. I mean, like they've, you know, people don't like Trudeau all over the place, yelling and screaming, but he's really fought through it. And whether you like him or not, full respect to this guy because he has worked hard out there and he's, uh, you know, persevered through incredible odds really out there where they're mean to him. They threw, somebody threw gravel at him at one point. I mean, that, you know, should have been a bigger scandal than it was. But, you know, so, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot here. And it is like a movie. It'll be really interesting to see. Uh, hopefully your listeners uh, follow up on this. We'll know in a day or two, maybe tonight or maybe tomorrow, when they count the mail-in ballots. I'm going to try to watch the returns tonight. It should be very interesting. Um, we're talking to Joe Warmington. He's a columnist for the Toronto Sun. Canada is uh, voting today. Now, that, that, you know, we don't, we, we're stuck with Joe Biden, and I'm, I don't think there's any chance he's going to last until this long. Uh, he, he'll have to leave, but... Uh, legally, he's the president until the first, uh, well, actually January of 2025. Uh, so uh, he's going to be around for a while. Uh, we have elections on the first Tuesday uh, of November every four years for our president. But you, your your uh, equivalent of our president, the prime minister, he can be voted on uh, or voted against pretty much any time if you if it's if somebody. Well, he- if he has a majority government, he calls the shots. But yeah. He has a five-year he has a five-year term, but they what they do now is they have fixed dates like the U.S. They try to stick to that, so they they don't always stick to it because it is a parliamentary system. Yeah, but they try to. So if you get a majority government, a lot of them agree to say because of the cost of it. They you know Harper did that, so they do four-year terms of the five years, but. 
you know, I've seen governments go into that deep into their mandate into the fifth year when they're changing leaders and things like that. But if he gets elected with a majority government, he can stay in power for five years. And, uh, you know, again, like his eye is on that. He wants to do one day longer than his father. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, if he gets this, that'll put him in that 10, 11 year range. And he's going to make so many changes to the country. I mean, he really, really, he doesn't, you know, in my opinion, I mean, look, at I don't want to disparage everything about him, but he doesn't like the country. He doesn't like Canada. His father didn't like Canada. And, you know, you see that in the United States, too, where you got politicians that hate America, like, you know, the kneeling and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just hurt, you know, when you you watch that, you can't believe it. Now, you don't see it as much now because the election cycle's over now. Right. But they, they, they utilize that. And, of course, the pandemic, and particularly this vaccine issue, is really something that Trudeau has utilized. He's basically pitted one side against the other side. And he says, hey, there's a majority here evading. Go get the 20. And, you know, that's pretty creepy stuff when you start doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing. You're seeing it in the United States. It's Although I look at the United States, and, of course, I'm a frequent visitor. I've covered most of the United States over my career. Yeah. And, of course, I can't go right now. It's hard to go. But I, I'm really confused because I watch, every week I see all these great football games. I watch them on TV, and there's you know the, some of the college games have ninety and a hundred thousand people there, mm-hmm. and that you hear you know all these different things going on about how all the, the rules and people are still fighting about it. Kids and are I watched wearing masks last yeah. night. You know they didn't wear a mask at the Emmy, so right. you know it, it's, it's obviously not real down there. I mean I don't think it's like like it is here. It's a real problem here. I mean, it's, it's us against them, and it's, like, very, very tense. So uh, i got to ask you, uh, I, I saw that, I, I just saw a little while ago that Steve, Stephen Harper resigned on election night back in 2015. I mean, whatever happened yeah. must not have been very good for him, for him to do that. What are the chances of something like that happening to Trudeau? Can we hope for that? If he loses... Um you know, I mean, if he loses and he gets his butt kicked, and that's where you know it, that's one of the scenarios that people think could happen. Uh, he doesn't sound like a guy that that's going to be uh, is going to if he wants to break his dad's record. He sounds like a guy who's going to have to be dragged kicking and screaming. You know, if he loses, like if Aaron O'Toole wins a majority government tonight, nobody's expecting that. But like you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. So if that happens, then Trudeau is finished. There's no question about it. Some people feel that he doesn't have a very strong. Like, minority government it'll only be a matter of time before the party comes calling as well but you know i don't know i mean the guy is a great survivor he has run like through the adversity of this campaign and so and he's young he's full of energy and he's full of confidence and arrogance and all of those things so you know i i don't know i mean i i don't see that but you raise an interesting point you know the, the thing with aaron o'toole is that he's such a good guy i've known him many years and he served in the military, and he's a family guy. But for some reason, he didn't want to be conservative. And he's saying everything that the liberals you know, want to do, including vaccine passports and all these kind of yep. virtue signaling and political yep. correctness. And, yep. Yep. and so, so you know, I guess he's hoping that's going to appeal. And if people hate Trudeau enough, maybe they'll just say, well, let's just give it to Aaron O'Toole. He's nice. We hate Trudeau. And that's kind of what, what he's running on and what he's hoping for. And I don't believe that that'll be that simple because liberals have a motto. And, uh, you know, it's like the Democratic Party. Get power at all costs, keep power at all costs. And is this, uh, we got about a minute left, is this a referendum, uh, when you get right down to it, on the vaccination uh, mandate? They, they, you know, uh, Trudeau has made it that for sure. To me, that's the ballot question. Do people want this third jab and, and then some or not? they really want it? I mean, because everyone, you know, like we're not allowed to talk about all the people with myocarditis and all the different people in hospital that have died. So that is not getting covered. But people know. They know they've had friends that have had things and different things. Do they want the third thing or not? Apparently they do. They want this kind of, of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You see those pictures in Australia, and it seems that people want lockdowns and drones over neighborhoods and lots of people squealing on each other. If they want that, they'll go with Trudeau. If they don't want that, I think they'll get less of that with Aaron O'Toole. You know, even though he's not saying that, I'm pretty sure that you know he'll back off on it. And don't forget the the premiers here, just like in the U.S., the states and the governors have a lot of power, and here the premiers of all the provinces have power too. And Prime Minister Trudeau is funding. All of this vaccination, basically lockdowns and 
and vaccine passports. And you, you know, you can't, starting on the 22nd here in Ontario, if you're up visiting, you got to go into a restaurant or into a gym, or if you want to take your kids to hockey, you've got to have this vaccine passport to get in or you can't get in. Sick. Hey, hey Joe, I'm out of time. Uh, I hope to have you on again maybe uh, shortly when this thing is over to get your uh, opinion on what it means for the United States, if anything. But I appreciate you coming on. I, I may be applying for asylum. <laughs> Good luck with that. Thanks, Joe. We'll be right All back. All the best. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Houston Police Chief Troy Fenner says one officer is dead, another hospitalized. Shot while helping to serve a high-level narcotics warrant early today. They knocked on the door. Female comes to the door, have a conversation with her, asks where's the suspect. The suspect's immediately, one suspect, immediately came out and fired upon our officers. William Jeffrey, who joined the police department in 1990, was pronounced dead at the Houston hospital. Sergeant Charles Vance in stable condition. The suspect was killed by officers. North Korea criticizing the U.S. decision to provide nuclear-powered submarines to Australia and warned of unspecified countermeasures, President Biden revealing last week. A new alliance, including Australia and Britain, that would deliver an Australian fleet of at least eight nuclear power subs. This is SRN News. A listener that stands out that I worked with was this older couple that was interested in refinancing. They reached out to a few different lenders, and you know, their credit wasn't the best. I know some of these other bigger banks, you just won't hear back from them, which I cannot stand. Not everybody has the 780 credit scores, and just because you don't qualify at one time doesn't mean that you'll never qualify. I'll walk you through what you have to do, whether it's two, three, six months from now. Back to that older couple, we worked with them for months and months to improve their credit. And we were able to get the loan done. We were saving them hundreds each month, thousands of dollars a year. Finally got themselves into a situation financially that they can handle and they could start saving money each month for retirement. End of the day, they just could not be happier, which just put a huge smile on my face. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Mike Gallagher wants to prepare you to give more to the government. We got the Democrats scheming to raise more taxes. They're going to have to pay for all this crazy spending somehow. Uh, they're going to, they want to raise the corporate tax rate significantly, which is going to break the back of many, many small businesses. So get ready, America. We're going to we're going to take it in the shins. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. Why doing it right roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Charlie Kirk believes we're seeing the decline of America. Right now, there are hundreds of people that run your country, run our military, run our government, that are kind of like, what's the big deal if we lose? Who cares if it's humiliating? What's important is whether or not we get paid. What's important is whether or not my child goes to Harvard. I mean, we do that all the time. That's all we've done is lose over the last 30 years. And we get promoted while doing it. The Charlie Kirk Podcast, available on SalemPodcastNetwork.com and everywhere podcasts are heard. Join Beth Andrews of Net Worth Advisors for the Net Worth Financial Hour, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Get the news and information you need to help make your retirement dreams a reality. Don't miss the Net Worth Financial Hour with Beth Andrews, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, and or Net Worth Advisors. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Look out for delays on the Parkway West inbound. It's about an extra five minutes from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway East also around a five-minute delay outbound from Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On 65 Ohio River Boulevard outbound, you'll see some backups there. Eckerd Street up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. 
Inbound 579 Crosstown Boulevard, heavy into Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see mainly cloudy skies. It will be mild with a low of 65. Continued cloudy for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 74. Wednesday, the first day of fall, we'll see cloudy skies with a couple of showers in the morning. It'll be followed by periods of rain and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Expect a high Wednesday of 71. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, um, I had been on the planet a long time before I was told that I had to apologize for my white privilege. And kind of sorry, but I haven't gotten around to doing that yet. Not, uh, I, 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 I don't think I would hold my breath uh, waiting for that if I were you. Uh, meanwhile, Christine Flowers is a columnist for the Delco Times and a talk show host in Philadelphia. She says she thinks she's figured out what white privilege looks like. So... Uh, she joins us now. Uh, Christine, thanks for being here. Hey, John. It's always a great, great pleasure to uh, talk to my cross-state uh, cross cousins out there in Pittsburgh. How are you guys? Good, good. So um, you say that you you think you've figured out what white privilege looks like. Um, um, so what does it look like? Tell us. Well, it has nothing to do with color. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the whole mindset um, as I said in, in my column, my piece, it has to do with the sterile white bubble that the liberal elite, um, some of them are rich and some of them just have um, that mindset of being better than everybody else. It's that bubble in which they operate, that echo chamber, and it's sanitized, meaning that it's out of touch with the reality that most people, most Americans, at least that I know, live and it's filled with people who feel that they can preach to the masses, to the proletariat, um, and they can sort of assume this uh, attitude of, of empathy and sympathy for people while they're not wearing masks at the Emmys, while they're traipsing around in, um, you know, these horrifically ugly dresses uh, at the Met Gala at $35,000 a pop for a ticket you know, while they're driving their Teslas, all of these things, they're doing them, but they're empathetic. They still feel for the rest of us. And so I said that the white privilege is really the ability to ignore reality and not understand or recognize, um, have a complete lack of self-awareness about how truly narcissistic and uneducated in the realities of the world that they are. Uh, I, I want to read what you wrote because it's really good. You're talking about that bubble. You say uh, that bubble is as white and sanitized as the space shuttle at liftoff. There are no germs that pierce its inner realms, infecting the happy residents with a dose of reality. The people who live within that bubble, and it is quite large, it encompasses uh, actors, journalists, politicians, and certain religious folk, are incapable of understanding the rest of us out here in the greater world. They think they know who we are, what we need, how we are violating their standards. And what should be done with us if we fail to acknowledge their wisdom? They believe that they can lecture us on climate change and reproductive rights, on clean eating and religious plurality, on which lives matter and which are useless. Their speeches sound good when spoken back to them by others in that echo chamber. But the rest of us see who they are and what they stand for, and we laugh. Um, that's great writing, by the way. But... Um, what are we laughing at? I mean, it is ridiculous, and it's. I, I do find, I, I find humor just about everything. So I do laugh at them. But uh, is it uh, is it is it so funny that we should be crying? Yeah, it's it's gallows humor. Actually, it's yeah. it's more. We're laughing at at their lack of self awareness. We're we're laughing at their pretentiousness. At the fact that they really think that they have anything to offer. The, the fact that they think that they're arbiters of virtue and, and morality and patriotism and good citizenship, it's just, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, I, you know, I've been on with you many times before, and you know that I'm an immigration lawyer out here in Philly, and I've been doing some pro bono work for Afghan families, family members here who have uh, family in 
Afghanistan who were, for example, interpreters. They were allies of the United States. And because of what Biden did, and I blame this entirely on Joe Biden, his fingerprints are all over this humanitarian catastrophe. Because of that, their family members who happen to be allies of our military are stranded. Their women are not going to be able to go to school, hold jobs. They're putting the burkas back on. And yet we have American women marching through the streets, whining, screaming, crying about their reproductive rights, about the Texas abortion law, about the Mississippi abortion law. And they are so, they have such a lack, I I said this three times already, a lack of self-awareness, John. They talk about their victimization and and they're just so narcissistic and navel-gazing and they don't see that the man that they supported, who they voted for, is the reason that a whole generation of young Afghan women are going to be uh, basically enslaved. What is going to be taken away from them is not just their reproductive rights, whatever that means. They're not going to be able to go to school, work, marry who they want, live in freedom, see the light of day. And so that's what I say when I talk about the, um, the hypocrisy and the laughable nature of these liberal elite who live in this white bubble. And believe me, I travel among their number every day in the type of work that I do and in the city that I live in, the bluest of cities. And I look at them and I say to myself, they really, either they don't get it, they don't see themselves, or they do get it and they're doing an Oscar-worthy job of pretending that they really are empathetic, compassionate creatures. Yeah, and I... I just in the last uh, few days, I've had a, a chance to talk to a guy. Uh, he was on the show here, Joe Sweeney, and, and we had an event last Friday with him. Uh, and he was a contractor in Afghanistan, and um, yep. he told us the uh, he, the stories he told. He he left maybe I think he got out of there about a week before the deadline. He was wondering whether he was going to get out before you know, everything happened, and. That what he tells us, he, he's getting videos. This was as recently as uh, Friday. He, I think, he said he got a, four videos on Friday of people being murdered by the Taliban. Um, yeah, and and it's being, and it's happening. And 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 uh, what he and he also deals in uh, human trafficking and uh, trying to prevent it. And he's got a, a, a website and everything. But he, he's a, he's an expert on that. And he said, if people knew what's going to happen to these girls and women in Afghanistan now, uh, this, it's, it's, it's impossible to describe, he said. Yeah, I mean, last night um, I got a text from uh, a, a woman who's helping me help uh, a family who's, who's currently in, in Kabul and they're in hiding. And she said, she texted to me, she said, we really need to speed this up. An interpreter the other day in our town or in that town where they, the family lives was murdered by the Taliban in front of his children. This is happening, and this news, and thank God for you and, and, and really conservative media is the only source that's really focusing on this uh, day after day after day. This is happening, and we're supposed to sort of pivot and look away at, at whatever shiny thing the Biden administration dangles in front of us that we're supposed to be interested about, that, that young girl, Gabby Petito, um, you know, the, the, again, the Met Gala, again, wearing masks, uh, a spike in Delta, all of these things, and the greatest humanitarian crisis generation, possibly since Vietnam, is happening on our watch, on Joe Biden's watch, and we have to look away. It, it just, it, it's, there are no words for it. We're talking to Christine Flowers. She's a columnist for the Delco Times and a talk show host in Philadelphia and a, an immigration attorney, as she said. Um, I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Gabby Petito, uh, the, the woman who was they just found her body, I guess, today. Um, and I wasn't going to talk about this with you, but since you mentioned it and reminded me of it, and you are uh, and have been in the media for a long time, uh, I put it out on Twitter today. Uh, it's a sad, sad story about this woman. She's 23 years old, and most people have seen the story uh, by now. But it's it doesn't deserve one tenth of the coverage it's getting from the media. Um, and I and I'm wondering if you agree with me on this. There there are, I mean, I don't know how many kids or people were murdered in Chicago over the weekend, and these babies are being killed in in Chicago. Eighty five percent of those cases go. Um, 
unresolved. And there's fascination with this story about this woman. It becomes entertainment. It's it's disturbing to me. It becomes like, boy, this is fun. This is a this is a mystery. I can't wait to find out what happened to Gabby. And they forget that this is a woman who was murdered. And if they would have the same interest in a in some four year old baby who was killed in Chicago, maybe they'd find the people who did it. If the media focused on that in the same way. So well said. I agree with you 1,000%. Uh, I've been tweeting about it, too, and I think I'm going to write my next column about this. Uh, there's so many different layers to the story of, of Gabby Petito. It is a tragedy for her family. It is a personal tragedy for her family. It is not a national story. It should never have been a national story. It's deflecting attention from other national issues, but as you rightly pointed out, it's also turning our attention away from the fact that in the inner cities, um, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, three blocks from where I live, a man was shot and killed the other night. Five people were murdered in Philadelphia over the weekend. I might be wrong on that, Tally. Uh, Every time I turn around, someone, you know, there's another statistic. And you do not see this on the national news. It's like we've become numb to it. And, I mean, I don't know if it's because, I mean, you made a great point about it becoming almost like a fad, a game. Hey, where's, where's Gabby? Let's look for her. It's like, you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It, it was ghoulish, and it was horrible. And I think partly it has to do with the fact that she was an attractive, young, you know, blonde, blue-eyed, yep. beautiful young woman. Um, I think, you know, that, that just sort of grabs our interest and our attention. And you know what? I, I said something, and, and some people disagreed and some people agreed with me, but I said, I get angry when I see the identity of the victim take precedence over the nature of the crime. I get angry when we focus uniquely on black victims of police violence when the majority, statistically, of victims of police violence happen to be white. Same thing, flip it, you've got Gabby Petito, beautiful young white woman from, you know, nice family and everything. And in my own backyard in Delaware County, we've had at least five young um, women of color, either black or Hispanic or Asian, who have been killed by their partners or have gone missing. You wouldn't know their names. You wouldn't know anything about them because they didn't get outside of the Philadelphia media bubble. So it angers me, just as it angered me that George Floyd got so much attention, and you don't talk about Tony, uh, I think it's Campo, or, or you know, the, the, the other white victims of crime. It just identifies, it focuses on the victim as opposed to looking at the nature of the crime that's committed. And, you know, when you talk about it becoming a national story, if you are a national network, and Fox is as guilty of, as this of anybody, I, I watch Fox mostly, almost solely, and they've been just obsessed with this story, and it's been their lead story. And they, and they, again, there's a certain amount of excitement when they talk about it. Like, oh, there's another development in this story. We, you know, stick around. We come back. We're going to tell you the latest. And it, it, it has nothing to do with the importance of the story and everything to do with the sensationalism of the story. And... and I just don't. It's just. It's. It. it to me, it's. Uh, it should be embarrassing to a network yeah. like Fox or any other national network to not realize that their only reason they're talking about this is because of its ability to attract eyeballs and has nothing to do with yeah. the importance of the story. I. I completely. I'm so glad you said that. I completely agree. I was disgusted with Fox, and I watch Fox as well. And I was disgusted. That you know that they showed through this, and it's just again, it's ghoulish, um, it's sensationalistic, and I know that we're talking about this, and oh, surprise, surprise, surprise! You know, people do things for ratings, but for 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 Lord's sake, I mean, this young woman was murdered, and she shouldn't be used to spike someone's ratings. I mean, you want to you want to spike ratings because you make fun of Joe Biden? Fine, do that, but this, she's dead, and this is domestic violence. And, you know, what gets me angry, too, we're all about the Me Too movement, about protecting women, about empowering women, giving them voices. And yet we're exploiting the death of a woman for entertainment purposes. And they can say all they want. They did it oh, so they could help, you know, solve the crime and find the body. No, they didn't. They, they did that because they wanted people to tune in. And I'll tell you, somebody said something to me, a friend of mine who um, was, was acquainted with a producer at one of the, I don't know if it was Nancy Grace or one of the other shows that does true crime stories. And she candidly admitted that they 
they generally don't focus on minority crimes, minority families, because people change the channel. They want the eyeballs on the screen. So they'll have the, the juiciest stories. And it just, it really, it, it saddens me that that's the case. Unfortunately, a, a four-year-old or a, an infant uh, being killed in a drive-by shooting uh, doesn't even get much attention because it's not that unusual anymore. Exactly. That's a great point, too. Yeah, there's nothing out of the ordinary any longer about that. The tragedy, it's a critical mass. You know, you say, oh, five kids were killed over the weekend. And, you know, and you, you say, oh, this is a tragedy, thoughts and prayers. And then you move on. And it's just, I didn't grow up in this kind of a society. Uh, I'll be 60 in December. And it just, the world has changed so drastically from when I was a teenager. And I was, you know, mm-hmm. younger, much younger. It, but, it, um, it, I'm saying, go ahead. No, I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, yeah. the reason that we're not paying attention to these kids is because we're, we're callous. We're kind of like, we're yeah. not bad people. We're used to it now. You hear the numbers every Monday. Well, in Chicago, seven, uh, 37 people were shot, five were killed, including a four-year-old girl. You hear that, and you don't even react to it anymore. Uh, but ju- just imagine, and I'm glad we got on to this. I, w- I wanted to talk to you about your column, which is a great column. Uh, where can they find your column, uh, Christine? Um, they can. I, I tweet it out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So my Twitter handle is at FlowerLady61. Okay. Um, and also the website is www.delco, that's D-E-L-C-O, times, T-I-M-E-S dot com. It's all one word. Okay. I, 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 I want everybody to read it because it's really good. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you about the, the stuff with the media here going on. Just imagine if if you took this Gabby Petito story and instead of it being about her, you inserted the name of one of these kids who, who was killed uh, in Chicago and you had the media focus on that one story of that kid, who the kid was, what he was doing when he was killed. Uh, what they're how how the search is going to find the person who killed him, and what what a difference it would make, and the the networks just ignore it. You know, I completely agree, and I, I really have to say, I mean, you and I, and uh, um, I, I heard um, Mike Gallagher sort of sort of mention it a little bit this morning too. It it only a few people, and it's mostly conservative media, have picked up on this aspect of the story. How really ridiculous it is that this became a national obsession. Um, people were almost, you know, they they were uncomfortable treading into those waters because it made it seem as if they were being disrespectful to Gabby Petito. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think the people who were obsessing over and exploiting this tragic, tragic young, you know, story of a young woman's death, murder probably, um, are the ones who were really exploiting her and being disrespectful. So I think it's really, uh, what you said is so true. These children, if we focused on these children, maybe we would get around to solving some of the crimes because, you know, we t- I talked about the white bubble of, uh, of, uh, of white privilege of, of AOC and her ilk. Well, they don't have empathy. Everything they do is symbolic. You know, AOC goes down to the border and, and she bends over in, in desperation at the plight of the poor children at the border. You know she's not, she doesn't give a blank about them. She's not thinking about them. It's all optics. Well, if we, in conservative media and in the conservative movement, who I think really do have empathy and concern for children, unborn or already here, if we were able to focus the lens, the laser lens on their plight, we'd get a lot more results. Than, than Fox and MSNBC and CNN and everybody else who was exploiting the story of this young um, young woman. And, and, and God rest her soul. Yeah. And, and God pray for her family. Christine, I'm out of time. I always love having you on. I hope to do it again soon. Thank you. I loved it. Can I give a shout out to my friend Karen who follows you religiously out in Pittsburgh? No, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> who, who is it? Karen. Karen Marie Rempel. Hi, she Karen. She to you religiously. Great. Thank you. We'll be right back. When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? Hi, this is Beth Andrews from Networth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why Networth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. 
We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the NetWorth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. NetWorth Advisors, 800-426-1428 firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AU Wealth Management LLC and or Net Worth Advisors. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I'm going to see if I can watch that Canadian election tonight. Uh, and I have an interest in this, not because, as I've told you ad nauseum, that I've, I've, I have a connection with Canada. My mother was Canadian and We've owned property up there, and I haven't been able to get up there for two years. Um, But because I'm I'm really interested to see how the Canadian people react, it's turned into North Korea up there almost um, with all the restrictions and the the vaccines and all that. And it seems to me, and uh, our our guest, uh, Joe Warmington, seemed to indicate that it's it's kind of a a referendum on, on the whole vaccine mandate thing and what they're doing to kids not letting them play hockey unless they get a vaccine and all that so i'm, I'm really hoping that uh, there's a giant shock tonight with trudeau being drummed out of there let's see what happens and, and one of the candidates is named maxime not maxine but maxime like maxime talbot and my friend up in canada tells me that he is like trump without the attitude that would be interesting to see him uh, have an effect on what goes on up there we'll talk about it tomorrow see you then or talk to you then John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.